I'm Richard. And I'm Gary. And these are our incredible stories. Tonight, we have a very special treat for our listeners, Gary. The lion, the tiger, and the bear, an incredible animal story brought to us by a special guest, our animal expert. Oh, that's right. Uh, We have Amber back with us again, my sister, and she's going to be sharing another incredible animal story with us today. So, Amber, the lion... The tiger and the bear. What a an unlikely friendship exists there. Yes, that's true. Uh, I'd like to tell you a story about three brothers. And they're not natural brothers, but rather brothers by chance. Um, you think lions, tigers, and bears, oh my. But in this case, they, uh, they got along pretty well. Um, the lion, the tiger, and the bear that I'd like to tell you about today... Lion's name is Leo, appropriate name for a lion. And our tiger would be Shere Khan, and our bear would be Baloo, right? And for those of you who might be familiar with the Jungle Book, some of those names might sound familiar. But uh, these three came from different continents and were confiscated during a drug bust and sent to a rehabilitation center in Locust Grove, Georgia, when they were only about three months old, and they were brought in together, and they bonded together. And so they never knew that they weren't related. They had always been with each other, and so they had bonded pretty closely. And so uh, the rehabilitation center is called Noah's Ark. Um, And when you think Noah's Ark, you think the animals come two by two, but in this case, they came by three. And um, they would be living out the rest of their their golden years, as to speak, at this sanctuary, and they did everything together. Um, They were so close, in fact, that when they got to the sanctuary, they wanted to make sure that their enclosure was big enough for all three to be together because they had bonded so closely. Um, Specifically, the tiger, Shere Khan, and the bear, Baloo, um, they did a lot of things together. Both animals loved water, so they would water play together, And, uh, and they all would eat and nap together, but... They, in nature, probably would never have met each other. You know, our tigers are from Asia, our lions from Africa, and, of course, the American black bear. Um, But in this situation, they were brothers. So they they made, I guess you would call it an incredible journey. Um, But uh, they get to to be viewed by people, and and, uh, this would have been back in 2001 that they got to that sanctuary. So it's a while back. I don't, I don't know if they're still there or not, but uh, a lot of people came from a lot of places to come see the three brothers. Now, were they brought together as cubs? So they were confiscated from the same place at the same time as cubs. So they were about three months old when they came into okay. Noah's Ark. Mm-hmm. And uh, that uh, comes from a book by uh, Jennifer Holland uh, ca- titled uh, Unlikely Friendships, and certainly... Uh, a lion, a tiger, and a bear do form a very unlikely friendship. Yes, bond. yes. You know, out in nature, they probably would not have gotten along well together had they been in the same area. 
But like I said, you know, tigers are from Asia and uh, lion from the pride in Africa. So they probably would have never even crossed paths, truthfully. Mm -hmm. But it is interesting because there have been uh, instances where uh, groups of animals you thought would never coexist together have. I mean, I've seen video clips and and little uh, articles about how uh, a lioness uh, takes in a gazelle. Uh, a young gazelle and protects it like it was one of her own or uh, in situations where uh, I think it was in Alaska where this family dog became good friends with a wolf. Um, you just never know how, how things will work out. I mean, uh, it's funny how sometimes uh, the most unlikely of friendships can um, come from the most bizarre situations. It's true. It's true. And, and you're right. I've seen a lot of situations. I saw a story recently about um, possums have a lot of babies that they carry on their back. And occasionally um, in transport, they lose one of them off their back. But they don't, they don't ever go back for them because they don't know that they've lost it. And um, there was a story, and I don't know where it was at, of a, a house cat that found this baby possum on somebody's porch deck and brought it in thinking it was a kitten. And they ended up taking it in with its kittens and raising it, but couldn't understand why it was always wanting to cling to its its collar. It was uh-huh. always attached. But the cat was very patient with it, and, and the possum became a member of the, the family of the cats. Mm-hmm. That's something? Unlikely friendships. Mm-hmm. Very unlikely friendships. Do we, do we know of any other examples of unlikely uh, friendships? I can think of one right off the top of my head. Uh, my little Jackawawa is absolutely in love with my bird, Sheldon. Explain what a jackawawa is for people who <laughs> may think you're talking about a jackal and a chihuahua. Well, it's not a jackalope, that's for sure, but she's a Jack Russell chihuahua mix. And uh, she is a adoptive mama to my parakeet. Uh, my parakeet's name is Sheldon, and my jackawawa's name is Lily, and Lily thinks she's the mama to Sheldon. And, and Sheldon, likewise, is very attached to Lily. If Lily doesn't go near Sheldon's cage then Sheldon will do whatever Sheldon can do to get Lily's attention. And if I'm working on the cage, cleaning it, putting food, Lily's right there looking like the RCA dog at full attention with her head cocked, wanting to make sure that her best friend's okay. So that that is my example of a, another unlikely friendship. Mm-hmm. That, that is. Yeah. And, and what does Sheldon do to uh, get Lily's attention? So first, Sheldon will try making different vocalizations. I, I can't even come close to make him. And then if that fails, we ring our bell. Or we start running back and forth and flapping our wings. <laughs> or if we get really desperate, we start chucking sunflower seeds out the side of the cage to get attention because we know that we're not supposed to be feeding the dog bird seed. So Sheldon is very clever in that way. We've also learned that we have a toy that has paper in it. And if we pull out the paper and drop it down the side of the cage to get attention, sometimes that works too. Oh. But as soon as uh, they're together, they like to touch nose to beak through the cage. And then both are happy and they go about their business and, and off they go. I think it's wonderful uh, when you hear real-life animal stories like this, uh, love in nature, mm-hmm. true, true bonding in nature. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we're used to our animals bonding with us. That's pretty much expected. But when they bond with the different species, that, that does uh, grab our attention. Well, even just the bonding with humans. I mean, I, I've actually sat there and thought about it, how amazing the bond humans have with animals, whether it's dogs or horses or whatnot. Um, just the other day, I was driving along somewhere, and there was a lady walking a pot-bellied pig in a 
vintage apron down the sidewalk, full-grown potbelly pig. And she seemed very bonded to that pig. It was a very large pig. Um, it caught me off guard at first because it was a, a, a neighborhood, not anywhere rural, just a regular downtown neighborhood. And there was a giant potbelly pig in an apron walking down the side of the road. There's nothing bizarre about that at all. That's <laughs> completely normal. Oh, okay. <laughs> completely normal. Well, I don't know if either one of you remember, but when we lived in uh, Roswell, um, there was a, um, a farmer's market that we used to go to. And uh, there were two of them. There was a large one that we went to that had a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables. It was out of um, a barn-like structure. And then there was another one that was uh, somebody's house just down the road from that one. And that family had a pet raccoon named Bandit. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember the little boy uh, who lived at that house, him and the raccoon would go everywhere together. And that raccoon just stayed on his shoulder and it was a friendly little critter. I mean, you could go up and pet it, and it was it was nice, and it'd take things out of your hand and stuff like that. But that was that was his pet, and they were they were definitely bonded together. They were side by side the entire time. And I don't know how they got the raccoon. Um, I don't. I have no idea at all. Uh, but it was interesting. Um, and again, it's not exactly the uh, kind of animal you would expect to see, but there it was. Um, and I also had a friend in high school who had a pet skunk. Um, a lot of people don't realize you can have a skunk as a pet. And they can do things to remove that odor gland so they don't spray you. Um, but it was the sweetest little pet I think I've ever met in my life. It was. It made me want to get a pet skunk. Mm-hmm. And they use litter boxes, too. You can train them to use litter boxes and stuff like that. Just Unusual like pets, but uh, regardless of what kind of animal you decide to take on as a pet... Uh, the fact of the matter is, is that uh, there's such a, a wonderful uh, addition. I was going to say uh, it's healing um, because of what you get from that animal, that reciprocated love uh, from the pet, and especially when you're feeling down or depressed. Uh, you know, you have that uh, that little report. person waiting for you to to love you unconditionally, uh, even when everything else in the world seems like it's going wrong. Um, they're always happy and they're always excited to see you. And I know that one of the most, uh, important additions, uh, to your uh, family, uh, Gary was a tiny, tiny little fur ball that you rescued, um, quite unexpectedly named gizmo you want to tell us a little bit about gizmo as we finish oh up? yes gizmo we named him gizmo because he sounds just like gizmo from the movie gremlins same kind of like that little <laughs> kind of voice but uh gizmo came to us um by complete uh, accident i had to take my wife over to pet smart to pick up some food for uh, tadpoles because her class was doing a thing on the life cycle. And we found out um, we were we were getting ready to go over some break. I think it was like the weekend or something like that. Uh, anyways, we found out that if you don't feed the tadpoles or give them a, enough food uh, for the weekend, um, they'll eat each other. Mm. And so we didn't want the uh, life cycle to turn into the food chain in the classroom and have a horror show when the children arrive back to school on Monday. So 9 o'clock at night, 
I'm over at PetSmart picking up uh, tadpole food, and Danielle and I were at the cash register getting ready to pay. They were already starting to shut down, and this family comes in, and they were from Maryland, and they were uh, in town on vacation, and they had a whole armful of kittens. And what had happened was uh, they were staying on uh, beachside um, Daytona Shores, and they saw this SUV in front of them, and they saw something drop uh, from from the car. And at first they thought it was just somebody dumping trash. But as they got closer, they realized that it wasn't trash, it was kittens. And so they jumped out of their car, and, and Beachside can be busy. The speed limit is lower there, but a lot of people drive like it's not 30 miles an hour and drive more like it's 45 or 50. So they jump out of the car. The husband is trying to slow down and stop traffic, and they all get out, and they start grabbing up these little kittens. And their thir- first thought was to take them to a vet. But they were out-of-towners, so they didn't know where there was a vet, if they'd be open, they had no clue. So I guess somebody did a Google search on their phone and saw that PetSmart has a, uh, a vet office. And so they thought they'd get lucky, get over there and see if uh, the vet was open and they could drop off the kittens there. So they come in. The vet's office was closed. And so they didn't know what to do. They were panicked because, again, they're on vacation. They can't take care of these little kittens in their hotel room. Uh, one of the kittens had a big gouge on the back of its head. Um, one of them was clearly a runt, very malnourished. Uh, and so they, they said, you know, is anybody, can anybody take the kittens in? One of the staff members was trying to call the, uh, the cat rescue that operates out of the store to see if they could send some people over to take the kittens. And so a few people said, um, oh, we could take one in. Yeah, we'll take one of the kittens. We'll take one of the kittens. And I looked at uh, my wife and I said, D. We have a cat already. We have litter. We know how to take care of a cat. Let's take care of a kitten. Come on, let's take care of a kitten. We could just, you know, we could we could be like foster parents for a little bit, you know? It's not like say we have to keep the kitten. We could just take the kitten in, and it would be, you know, we could do it. And she's like, oh, I don't know about that. You know, one cat seems like it's more than enough. Like, yeah, but I mean, it's a kitten. Have you ever had a kitten? Uh, come on, <laughs> we could do this. Come on, we'll get food. I, I, hey, listen, we could do this. So... She reluctantly said okay, but what really put it over the top that made her say yes was this one of the family members, this older woman, had this little tiny kitten in her arms, and she's looking at it, she goes, take it, take it, take it. Now, I should have taken that as a warning. Usually when somebody says take it so insistently, there's something wrong. So Danielle reached out her hands, and the woman put the little fluff ball in her hands and gizmo was so tiny he could fit in the palm of your hand and he looked like a little snowball and then that her heart melted and she started to tear up okay okay we'll take him in we'll take him in in my mind i'm thinking yes we got a kitten now and so uh we talked to the people at petco or not petco sorry sorry PetSmart. we talked to people at PetSmart. very helpful and the lady told us what we would need to take care of a kitten because we really weren't sure how old Gizmo was. He was very tiny. 
So we got hooked up with some formula and some of the little feeding syringes, you know, that you put in the corner of their mouths and stuff for a bed and all that kind of stuff. I knew that we couldn't introduce the cats together because if you put two cats together who don't know each other, especially kittens, it turns into an all-out brawl. So we got a baby gate so we could set him up in our bathroom, in our bedroom. And so then we took him, uh, we went from there right over to the emergency vet who's not that far away from us. And uh, they told us that he was only five weeks old. So he was not even old enough to be weaned away from his mother. Um, and he needed to be on formula. And so $700 later, <laughs> this was from a free kitten, mind you, $700 later after the free kitten, um, that was the vet bill and everything we paid to take care of him, we brought him home. And um, and then we quickly realized why the woman said take him, because he was a pistol. Mm -hmm. He he literally got into everything. He learned how to climb the baby gate like it was a ladder. Uh, he loved taking apart the toilet paper roll. Uh, there was one event that happened in the middle of the night uh, where uh, Danielle had to get up to go to the bathroom. And as she was leaving the bathroom, the cat ran into the bathroom and did a Superman leap into the toilet. <laughs> and he was covered in toilet water. And I could hear her screaming, no, because he jumped out of the toilet and was now running around the bedroom covered in toilet bowl water. And so he had to have a bath at one o'clock in the morning. And I'm laughing my head off. Not funny, not funny, not funny. I said, yeah, but when you talk about it, you know, years from now, it'll be hilarious. Um, there was an event where all of the clothes um, that were freshly uh, laundered were now all over the floor and uh, had been chewed on. Uh, a lot of underwear had holes in them that did not have holes in them before. And there was our uh, little fur baby uh, with underwear on his head sitting in the pile of clothes that he had just freshly messed up. Um, yeah. So um, he's mellowed out now. I found out he's a Tonkinese. And it's funny. It's like Clifford the Big Red Dog. Uh, if you remember the story of Clifford, Clifford was small enough he could fit into a shoe. But as he got older, he got bigger and bigger and he couldn't fit into the house. Our little snowball that fit in the palm of my hand is now 20-some-odd pounds. He's not fat. He's not fat at all. He's gigantic. He is a, he's a Tonkinese. And he is big. He makes uh, our Yorkie look small. He's almost bigger than the Yorkie that we have at the house. and um, But he is 100% a love bug. And the first animal he met when we were talking about weird connections was Lily, uh, your Jackawawa, who took him in as her pup. And it was funny because the last time that we had Gizmo over at the house, Gizmo and uh, Lily had not seen each other for about a year and a half. But when he came in through that door and she saw him, the two of them immediately started cuddling with each other and she started whimpering. And even though he wasn't small anymore, he was he was about Lily's size. He wasn't to his full gigantism size self. Um, she recognized him. She recognized his smell. She recognized his face. And she knew that that was her little kitten puppy. And, uh, and they played for a good long while with each other. So... Unlikely animal friendships. Ain't they wonderful? That they are. That they are. So, 
but I tell you what, uh, amazing stories all around. Some shared and some read. But uh, until next time. I'm Richard. And I'm Gary. And I'm Amber. That's right. And if you liked what you heard, please like and subscribe to our channel. And uh, you can look for new episodes every Friday. We look forward to having you back with us again.